Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. ladies welcome back to another episode so we have two guests here so landon's gonna be here so if you hear random sound effects it's landon i mean it might be me but it's probably landon and then we also have stephanie game on who is a fellow graduate from fdn and she specializes i mean i'll let them tell you I'll let you tell them what you specialize in. But in my mind, <laughs> you do a lot with like mold and IC and bladder and all of that stuff. So I'd love if you can just introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your health journey. What got you started? Awesome. Hi. Hi to all of Leah's listeners. Um, yeah. Thanks for the introduction. So yeah, you're totally on the right track. Um, my, so my personal health story has to do with IC and bladder issues. And so that's really like my soft spot, you know, um, dealing with clients who struggle with that because I feel like it's such a niche that doesn't get attention, but bigger picture. And I'm sure as we kind of chat, I'm going to spill my guts all about like mold and toxicity and all of that. That's really um, where I like to work is helping people detox and remove those hidden stressors that um, really affect our health in a big picture. Yeah. And I feel, well, it's one of those things. I think you attract what you're, what you kind of go through a little bit. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a little bit about like the journey of coming back from all of that? Because I know it was not a short journey. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it was, and you know, when I look back at my own story and realize that I, I had just been teed up for this health crash, you know, when you look back and I know you have similar with your story too, when you look back at your history, even like childhood and um, your younger years, sometimes you can kind of see the little, I don't know, the seeds or the breadcrumbs and you can kind of piece together where things started. But yeah, I think um, I'd always kind of had what I called a, like a tiny bladder, Um, so I didn't struggle necessarily with incontinence, but just like feeling like I had to pee, you know, I was the one on the road trip that was always like, Oh, I have to stop and pee. Um, so that was kind of just always a bladder awareness for me, but I didn't get my first actual UTI bladder infection until I was postpartum with my second baby. And, um, I got a UTI And that kind of just began a few years of off and on like recurring UTIs. And so knowing what I know now is, gosh, if one round of antibiotics doesn't always cure it, heal it, fix it, a lot of times um, a round of antibiotics can put it at bay and, you know, can recur and come back. So that's what happened for me is over the years, um, I finally got hit with like a terrible, terrible version of what I think was probably the same UTI that had just come back and forth for a few years. And, um, I don't know if it became antibiotic resistant or if my body was just like, we're done. So, um, it took me months and months and months of seeing all the specialists, 
all the, you know, neurologists. I even saw a functional medicine doctor. I was at the ER so many times and people just give you all the antibiotics and send you on your way. You know, pain meds and antibiotics is really all they know to do. Um, and so it was a really scary, confusing journey for me. And it wasn't until I found somebody who used muscle testing and um, a lot of detoxification practices to kind of basically reduce my toxin bucket. You know that analogy, right? But that's, that's how I kind of found my way out of that really awful. I mean, it was a good, I, I say it was a majority of a year where I was super miserable and sick. I mean, I knock on wood have not had a bladder infection. Good, <laughs> may you kind of want to keep it that way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you hear about them. I'm like, that's horrible. <laughs> um, so I can't imagine fighting that on and off like for an entire year. That's it was awful. that's painful. Um, I love muscle testing. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more <laughs> later. So is that what made you want to go on to become a functional practitioner? Yes. Cause you're like, yes. I need this. In fact, um, just looking at the body from the big picture of, oh my gosh, like we function as a whole troubleshooting the bladder and you know, you troubleshooting, even just troubleshooting a hormone here and there. Like mm -hmm. that's not, that's not enough. You have to look at the whole picture, the whole body. Yeah. Um, and that's what made me, um, get better. And so, yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to be able to help others. So yeah, that's when I went back to school to go through the FDN program that I know you went through and just kind of learning all the, all the ways to support others through it too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that whole body approach. So like, as you've been working with clients through this, um, have you like, what are some like, like, could we talk about, I see a bit and some root yes. causes, because I think a lot of times, you know, they're told like, take D manose or, you know, take an antibiotic, another antibiotic. And you're like, why is this still going on? Yeah. I feel like there's two camps. I feel like doctors either treat you like you have a UTI and they just want to slam you with antibiotics all the time, which you know, I'm a fan of using antibiotics if you need them. Um, but just taking them willy nilly, you're going to, you're going to get antibiotic resistance. And, you know, if you end up taking some of these antibiotics that are, um, you know, like I think of like the category of like floxins, you know, um, those are black box, like those have severe, severe effects. Um, it, it's a big deal. So you don't want to just be taken one every time you get a UTI, that's, that's not the best way to treat it. Um, so I feel like there's kind of that category, but then there's another category of doctors who, um, diagnose you with IC. And I know when I was, they diagnosed me with that. And I just, I refused the label. I was like, Nope, that's not what this is because IC is thought to be incurable. And I just could not get behind any kind of, you know, labeling anybody with a condition that's incurable. But I think that when people are kind of in that category of IC, um, the thinking is, oh, it's like an autoimmune condition. You can never get rid of it. You're just going to have to figure it out with your pain meds the rest of your life. And it's so awful to be doomed, like labeled with that, you know, I mean, ugh. so I've, as you've been like, working with different clients with this and yourself, um, have you just been seeing like lowering, like the toxicity bucket 
has been helpful or is it like really just seeming to go back to mold or parasites for people? I think it can depend if it is truly, you know, an infection rather Mm -hmm. than just like, I'm going to call it icy. (laughs) Um, If it really is, you know, chronic UTI, that sort of thing, then um, yes, lowering the toxin bucket is huge. However, again, this is where I like muscle testing because I just don't think there's a lot of labs that are great at pinpointing, you know, first, is this a bacterial infection? Cause we just assume UTI is bacterial, but it can be viral. Like there are viral UTIs. It can be, um, it, it can be, you know, root cause can be many other different things. So that's kind of when you have to go back to that toxin bucket analogy of, okay, well, if it is bacterial, why did the bacteria, why did that run so rampant? Like, is there, mm-hmm. is there toxicity in the body kind of allowing that to take over? Probably spoiler alert, probably. So, um, yes, there's antibacterial herbals and things. And, you know, there's a the whole issue too, with chronic UTIs, um, with biofilms, Yes. How that can be really common. Like you, like, yeah, if you're the kind of person that you get kind of bladder burning and like the need to pee for a couple of days and it'll go away and kind of come back, that's where you might want to think, "Mm, is there something that is hiding? You know, biofilms are basically your body creating, well, it's not your body creating, sorry, it's the pathogen. So usually it's a bacteria, but it can be other things, you know, they're creating their own little protective film so that your body's immune system doesn't recognize it. It's how they stay hidden. So it's so stealthy, but I also learned recently that that's also the biofilm is also how the bacteria or the pathogen, they communicate together. Isn't that gross? gross? Yes. (laughs) So nasty. So anyway, there's a whole issue of biofilm too, but um, yeah, going back to root cause, I, some, yeah, it can definitely be an infection, but if it's not an infection, it's more just icy and inflammation. You don't know why this happened every once in a while. There are a lot of different things. Yes. Toxicity. I know mold loves the bladder, um, Lyme and all the Lyme co-infections specifically Borrelia mm-hmm. and Bartonella. Those really specifically affect the bladder. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's like these different things that you do have to work on the toxin bucket to let the body be able to handle, you know, handle those things. Yeah. We also had, um, Dr. Miller, who's a pelvic floor therapist on a few episodes ago. And she was saying too, that like the center, the centering of your uterus is so important Mm -hmm. too, to, for the health of your bladder. And it's just so weird how like it all ties in together. Connected, yeah. There's well, and and pelvic floor. um, I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, pelvic floor dysfunction can be a huge contributor. Um, I know we think more about hormones and uterine issues and that kind of thing, but no, to bladder for sure. If your pelvic floor, you know, postpartum, um, there's a whole lot of work you got to do to kind of retrain those muscles and (laughs) get them where they need to go, you know? Um, but that's a big thing. Like pelvic floor PT is something that I recommend a lot of my clients just go, you know, have, have it checked out, um, look into that for sure. That's that kind of structural side. 
Yeah, it all it all comes together. Um, so are there labs that you like to start with when someone comes to you with IC or do you dive right into like muscle testing to kind of see where you want to go with that? So I there's not a specific um lab that I love for IC. I like to dive into a muscle testing just to kind of start emptying that toxin bucket like we're talking about, but I do think uh functional blood chemistry analysis can be really helpful too, if muscle testing is not your thing. Um, and then I know just my own experience doing different urine analysis, the ones that they do at the ER or at the, um, just kind of regular doctor's office, they're just really outdated. They're just not the best. Have you encountered that? I, I have only had like one or two clients with IC and like, they already came in with it and like, we went into like running, like, you know, stuff with their gut and more specialized things. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, is that I see a lot of people who have bladder issues almost always have some sort of gut dysfunction. You know, the, the microbiome is connected. Like the bladder has its own biome. It's not sterile as we used to think. Um, and so if you've got a bunch of stuff going on in your gut, you probably, that's probably going to tie into bladder too. Also microbiome labs just came out with a lab. It's relatively new that talks about the, can you hold on sweetie? That talks about the different bacteria in your vagina versus your gut. Well, that's awesome. They are, <clears throat> which I, I think it's new. And they said that you actually want different strains. So especially for people who have like chronic UTIs or just even mm-hmm. have them more so than normal, it could be helpful to kind of see what's going on there. I also see this happen a lot with clients who have, you know, IC or chronic UTI bladder issues. They will often come into with, you know, frequent um, yeast infections, which Sometimes that makes me think, well, it's because of all the antibiotics, but sometimes it's BV or different vaginal. um, I I don't necessarily know if it's infection, but it can be infection, but you know, it's kind of like all the pelvic floor symptoms, all Mm -hmm. those things. Um, And that's so painful. I think we don't talk enough about those things because it's kind of taboo and it shouldn't be because man, it's more common than we realize. Yeah. And I also, um, the one where I see this flare up a lot and this not even like I see is around periods. Like yeah. I'll have clients that end their period and they're just like, I feel like I have a yeast infection that I've always linked back to mold. It's disgusting. Yeah. I'm like, it's just, I don't know. It just seems to flare up around that time. Maybe it's just because your body's already a little fatigued and needing some more support, et cetera. But yeah. Well, I know too, um, a lot of women who are in like middle age or maybe kind of the perimenopause, even menopause stages of their, you know, kind of hormonal journeys, I will hear a lot of complaints about bladder issues there. And I've seen a couple of research papers that will say um, that it's because of low estrogen. So sometimes either the estrogen fluctuation or just the dipping of estrogen, um, mm-hmm. and the effect of, you know, the thinning, I forget what it is, if it's specifically a thinning of the bladder lining or the vaginal canal, but it's that tissue 
tends to be thinner when um, your estrogen is lower kind of later in life. And so that can make you much more susceptible to actual UTIs. But I, I also think probably just that kind of bladder irritability too. Yeah. Well, I think there's so many things that kind of go into there too, because like, um, which I didn't even realize this, but like your, you know, your uterus can get tipped, you know, going through childbirth or even just like using muscles incorrectly. And then, you know, as you head into perimenopause, like sometimes it, you know, it's not necessarily low estrogen, it's estrogen going down the wrong pathways and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's so tricky (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. when like you, when you look at it and you want to say, well, I mean, it's associated with, you know, low estrogen or hormonal, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, is it maybe that your estrogen's off? And so now like your muscle tone is not as great and your uterus isn't Uh staying in position. So it's like, there's so many things that, um, I, talk to my clients about this all the time because it can be frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, it is. you uncover one layer and you're like, yes. And you uncover it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is what it was hiding. And it can yeah. be so frustrating. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's a journey. It's a journey for sure. Um, you know, you're I know- talking, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Cause I'm going to take you on a different path really fast. Gotcha. I was going to mention too, you were reminding me, um, that I didn't bring in parasites, which I always like to talk about. It grosses yes. people out every time, but there really are talking about root cause, you know, yes, mold, Lyme, bacteria, viral issues, candida for sure can cause bladder issues, low estrogen, or even just fluctuating estrogen, hormonal things like that, but also parasites. And parasites are something that we don't really talk about, I yeah. think, collectively, because we think we're too clean. Yeah. And I tell people when they don't really feel like they believe me about parasites, I'm like, well, do you have a pet? Mm-hmm. Do you eat vegetables? Like, do you drink water that maybe isn't filtered, oh, like at a restaurant or something? Okay, then you're exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and parasites are attracted to a really um, full toxin bucket. So yeah. it's just, you know, it's just part of life that we're going to be exposed to them. However, there is a specific, um, type of parasite that does like the bladder they're called, um, schistomas. And so, so the condition is schistomiasis. <laughs> just so hard. That's a long word. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, we can, I mean, talk about things that can live in the organs that don't need to be there. So this is why I'm a huge fan too, of like parasite cleansing, being a part of the toxin removal process, you know, so parasites are so gross. Um, like I, before I was pregnant, I would do like coffee, regular coffee enemas and I'd do the full moon, um, parasite protocol just because I knew I had them, but like, um, didn't really notice them as much right Mm -hmm. before I got pregnant. So I knew like they were getting a little bit better. Um, Yeah. I'm one second, sweetie. But what I just think is hilarious is I'll have people not even on a parasite cleanse, just, um, doing their protocol, but as your body gets stronger, it releases them. And they're like, why are there like white things in my poop? And I'm like, well, I hate to <laughs> tell you, but <laughs> yeah, but we're glad we're, they're getting out, you know, yes. as gross as it is, we do want them to get out. Um, 
And so that's we've an amazing sign that their body is doing its job. Like if you yes. can get somebody healthy enough to where they're naturally fleshing out, that tells me that their liver's doing its job, that their bowels mm. are doing their job, their digestion, you know, their stomach acid is where it needs to be. Like, yeah. That's great. Because that's how we should all be. Like we shouldn't yeah. have to do parasite cleanses, but like, like everybody has a parasite, but mo- some people, you know, are very healthy and they they're getting rid of them themselves. So that's what we all aspire to be. Okay. I can draw a tractor. So let's talk about muscle testing. Cause we've touched on it a few times. Um, I use this in my, in my practice and I think it's really useful. Um, but I think sometimes it scares people. <laughs> it does. So it totally does. It. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I like to muscle test. I do most of my muscle testing um, virtually, which confuses people so much. Um, but really what we're doing is we're testing. It's a yes or no. We're testing yeah. is the muscle staying strong in the presence of the supplement or is it weakening? Like, does the body want it? Yes or no. So it's not a woo-woo, crazy, weird voodoo thing like it sounds yeah. or can look. Um, it's just asking the nervous system yes or no to something. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that can be really helpful, you know, choosing supplements or choosing, you know, if you have a whole bunch of food allergies and you haven't gotten to the bottom, the root cause of it yet, muscle test can be helpful to walk you through what you should or shouldn't eat to flare, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I have found it to be really useful for like sensitive patients, Mm. especially because like, you know, you have your typical H. pylori protocol. I feel like so many of my clients have H. pylori. <laughs> so common. Yeah. Um, but most of them need different protocols. And so that's where mm-hmm. I find it really useful because some of them don't respond well to like the very harsh, aggressive, like go after it. Some of them need a much more gentle approach. So it really just kind of, I find it to be useful, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, yes, no questions. It's not. Um, and I think the biggest thing is when they notice the different, like, they're like, oh my gosh, like that, you know, really worked, especially sometimes too, like with different brands of supplements, like Mm -hmm. it's the same supplement, but like different companies just process it different. And I'm like, well, you're testing for this one, but you're not Mm -hmm. testing for the other one. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. And I think, I know for me, at least, because I'd kind of exhausted my story, I had exhausted all the Western medicine options for Mm -hmm. my issues. So I was desperate enough to be like, okay, I know this looks crazy, but I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for me, the buy-in was realizing, no, my body's saying yes or no to this. So Mm -hmm. my body is wanting these things. Mm -hmm. So even if I did have like a minor detox reaction or a Herx as we say, you know, to, to a supplement, um, I could stay with it because I was trusting that, well, my body's asking for this. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is what we're doing. Um, so yeah. that helped me, uh, feel more committed and feel like I'm really listening to my body rather than just like guessing at a supplement or taking somebody's word for, Oh, this is the best supplement for X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really makes it more bio-individual. Definitely. And I also find too, that like, it also saves a lot of money (laughs) because 
you know, when you look at someone in their situation and their lifestyle and their labs, I'm sure like supplements come to mind and you're like, Oh, like that would be a good protocol for them or this. But then sometimes when I muscle test, their body's like, no, we, mm-hmm. we really don't want that. And you know, it comes clear as we're going through their protocol that something else cleared it up. So they mm-hmm. didn't need both of those things. And yeah. so, um, I just think that it, yeah, I think it saves money, <laughs> which, you know, mm-hmm. is useful for everybody out there. Definitely. And helpful when you're on a healing journey, because you know, you've got more like the long, the long yeah. haul in mind, you know, and so pacing yourself mm-hmm. you know, with all your supplements and things dry is important. Off. Yeah, no, I agree. Dry off. Okay. I'll dry it off in a second. Okay. So muscle testing goes right very well, I think into emotional effects, emotional, I don't want to say trauma, but like emotional roadblocks holding you back from healing. Um, Have you come across this in your practice? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's safe. You know, I work with more chronic illness. Yeah. So um, clients, so people who have had mystery symptoms for a long time that they've just been kind of troubleshooting and can't get to the bottom of. So people who've been doing that, I mean, that's traumatic. The idea that I'm unhealthy and I can't figure it out. And I've seen 10 doctors who all say I look fine, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's traumatic. (laughs) That's so frustrating. And so I think there's a whole, there's like a whole, um, that can create emotional blockages, I think. So being able to work through that emotional side is huge. Yeah. And I think we all think, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know. Like I know how to, I know how to find a therapist. Like I know how to like journal a little bit, but it, I mean, there's a lot. So I, I really love using um, things like breath work and um, I'm a big fan of therapy. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of like EFT tapping. I know you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and I also really like MBSR. And if you're unfamiliar with that, it's short for mind, body, spirit release. And again, with the muscle testing, I know, cause <laughs> that's my thing that uses muscle testing to see if there are trapped emotions in the body. It's kind of like body code or emotion mm-hmm. code, but you can go a little bit deeper into like traumas and even, um, you know, generational emotional blocks that maybe you inherited from your mom and things like that, that you can, um, yeah. kind of work through and clear at a more energetic level, mm-hmm. which again, I know this sounds woo to be talking about energy, but <laughs> it's that idea of everything has a frequency. Any yeah. piece of matter in, in the world has a frequency and emotions do too. And so they can, create blocks in the body and we need our body to be operating and healthy and well as best we can. So sometimes clearing a blocked, you know, emotional blockage in the body can help us big picture heal a little bit faster, a little bit better. Yeah. I think that that is, um, one of the hardest selling points with people because, um, I will have, you know, patients that have like chronic bloating or, um, chronic, you know, pain headaches. And, you know, I kind of, we go through stuff and I'm like, you know, I really think that we need to focus a little bit more on your, 
stress response. And mm-hmm. like, let's, let's talk about some things that keep coming up. And they're like, no, that's not, not affecting my bloating. That's not why I'm bloated. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I kind of think like, especially with that response, even yeah. that they have to yeah. you suggesting it, like it's, it's like a guttural, like deep, like don't want to go there. Then, you know, you're like, we're onto something, yeah. <laughs> even though it's, it's hard. You just want to be like, tell me to take a supplement. I'll take a supplement, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's how I was for years and years. I didn't want to look at any of the other stuff because I just have this symptom. It's same with like the whole body idea, you know, like I just, like if it's my bladder, I just want to fix my bladder. Why are you telling me I need digestive enzymes and like random supplements that don't have to do with my bladder? And it's like, no, that's not how the body works. So same with emotions. Like we're not, um, just a physical body or body, but we have, you know, our mind, we have our spirit, like there's, we're just multifaceted. And so I think the better you can work on all things at once, the faster those symptoms are going to fall away. You know? Yes. Yeah. And it's just incredible to me that when you get the emotional, like when I have the clients that also will do therapy at the same time is then we have like the true winners, um, because you just have all of the tools at your side. And, um, I know, you know, when to stay in your lane, like therapy's not sure for sure. (laughs) I I can't help you with that. (laughs) Um, so, uh, okay. So this is, uh, just important because you're a mom and I'm a mom and I know there's a lot of moms that listen to this. So how do you do this and be a mom? Oh yeah. (laughs) So I run my practice, um, on my own schedule. I decided that I'm a mom first and that's going to be my priority. So, um, I'm a practitioner second. So I fit it around my family. And so, yeah, the days that my kids have things are the days that I schedule my work. I know we've you were mentioning that earlier too. So yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I get asked that all the time. They're like, how do you do this and have a family? And I'm like, well, (laughs) you don't see (laughs) like me working during nap times all the time Yeah. or, you know, like every time, you know, Seb's like, oh, I'll take land and grocery shopping. I'm like, great. I get some (laughs) work done. Um, because or I'm sitting at swim team answering client messages in my yes. portal in my like client portal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, family, family comes first, but I also feel like helping other people like fills up Definitely. my cup as well. Um, but there was a, a hard line I drew like when I first started my business, like Landon being on this podcast is that like, my kids are just going to be involved because if I try and like have this perfect persona of like all the things, like, you know, you're not going to hear Landon say, I have to go potty on the podcast. Like I would be (laughs) editing on so many things. (laughs) So it's just kind of like real life. But, um, do you, do you struggle with it at all? Like I mentally, do. Like- I do a lot. Um, and I feel like I'm getting a little bit better. My kids are a little bit older than yours to where they're school age. And I think that yeah. helps because, um, I know when I need to put, you know, when they're at a th- an activity or a thing, that's when I can. Right. Um, and it's work. Scheduled. But 
which mm-hmm. is nice. But yeah, I do, I do struggle too, because, because this is a helping thing and I want to help my clients and work with them. And also I'm truly like interested in figuring out what's going on with each of them. I find that I have to put boundaries around my work stuff so it doesn't bleed into my personal stuff because yes, ideally family comes first, but also I will accidentally work into my family life if I don't put that boundary. boundary. Mm -hmm. I have that mental problem because like I'll be doing something like whatever, eating dinner and somebody's case is like stewing in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind. And then all of a sudden I'm like, that's it. (laughs) Seb's (laughs) like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? I'm like, well, never mind. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So that is the hardest part for me is turning it off because like I, you don't clock out, you know, Yeah. like, so I find that to be hard anyways. So for anyone listening who has IC or bladder pain, or maybe wants to do MSBR, did I say that correctly? MBSR, you were super MBSR. Close. Same letters, same letters. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um, how do they contact you? Like, where are you on all the platforms? Mm. Um, I know you have a podcast because I was on it. So we will yes. link that below as well. Yes. Um, so my website is uh, the wellness game and game is spelled like my last name, G A H M.com. Um, and social media wise, I'm really just active on Instagram. My handle is the wellness game 2.0. Um, and I try to do a lot of teaching and educating there just for free, but also just connecting. I feel like that's a fun way to connect. Uh, and then, yeah, I have a podcast and, um, had you on it talking about hormones. And so I love, I love when we can kind of cross pollinate our ideas and learn from each other. I think that's so cool. It all comes together. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.